You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Drinks with Johnny podcast on a follow-up Friday. We've got a very special one for you today. Uh, We're going to be doing a follow-up call with this week's earlier guest, Michael Lombardi, the director and star and producer of the movie The Retaliators, which is out today. Video on demand anywhere you can rent your movies digitally, Amazon, Apple, things like that. That is coming out today, or is available today, rather, so make sure you check that out. I say it's a special episode because today, uh, in addition to Michael, uh, we got on the call Darren Greer, the one of the co-writers of the movie The Retaliators, and uh, he is going to share a bit of the true story that inspired this movie. We talked a little bit about it on the episode with Michael uh, earlier this week. If you haven't checked that out for whatever reason, make sure you go back. And listen to that episode so you know what we're talking about here. There is a true story that is very real um, and, uh, you know, is kind of crazy. And it, and it truly inspired uh, the writers of this movie uh, to create what, what, it, it, what it became, really. And, you, again, you can check out that movie today uh, everywhere digitally. Uh, so we're about to give him a call. He's going to have Darren on the call with me as well. And he's going to be sharing the story of, of what happened to his sister. Again, what inspired this movie. Now, the movie itself is not uh, true events, but it is inspired by true events. And it's a very real story that I, I think we should all hear. And uh, I'm really excited to uh, listen to how he adapted it for a movie. Um, I also had a great week, uh, just on a side note. Got to uh, see my boys in My Chemical Romance on the last night of the forum, Monday night. Ran into uh, Chappelle Lacey, a comedian who's been here on the show, a good friend of mine. And, of course, Ted Stryker was there, among some other people. Uh, Mike Kem put on an incredible show. Uh, couldn't be happier for those guys getting back at it. I haven't seen him in a very long time. So it was just great to see uh, Mikey, Gerard, Frank, and the boys just doing their thing. Um, really excited for those guys. And uh, yeah, just uh, want to give them a quick shout-out before this weekend's When We Were Young tour, uh, festival rather, in Vegas. Uh, The last one is already sold out for next year, actually, as Blink-182 will be returning to headline that one. But this weekend will be the first weekend in Vegas, so uh, shout out to that festival. My friend Sean Akhavani is putting it on. 
What an incredible lineup. Uh, and anyone going there, I hope you guys have a great time. Um, that's it for uh, what's been going on this week. So let's go ahead and give call to uh, Michael Lombardi and see if he's got Darren on the phone as well. And uh, let's hear the story. Johnny, I got Darren on. Let me uh, let me merge it. Oh, that is perfect. How's it going, man? Good, man. How the fuck are you, bro? I'm doing fantastic. I just got back from playing uh, nine holes of golf, so I'm ready to hear this this uh, this inspiring uh, story of what inspired the Retaliators, which is out today. Just to remind everybody, uh, everywhere on demand. Great. Uh, let me merge Darren, the the, uh, the writer of the Retaliators, and the man with the origin of the story, inspired by. Yes. Here he comes. Let's get him. Darren, you're on, bud, with, with Johnny. Johnny, what's up, buddy? How are you, Darren? I'm good, man. Huge fan. Oh, well, thank you. Thank you. Great yeah, movie, yeah. man. Uh, we I was talking to Michael, had him on the show a couple weeks ago. We released that episode earlier this week. And uh, in that uh, two-hour conversation we had just about, uh, you know, he was telling me that there was a true story that uh, you went through with your family that inspired uh, this story that you put together for the Retaliators. And uh, I was uh, very interested in, in hearing uh, what that was. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it, it's, yeah, as, as, you, as you said, uh, it was the, the inspiration for the Retaliators uh, based on a, on a real-life uh, trauma that 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 did occur in our family uh the this the the crazy story is uh going back um uh well over a decade uh my younger sister um uh was walking home uh from a party in a northern california town sort of just a coastal uh, suburban town, uh, and she was, you know, walking home and the way she describes it, it's really eerie. She's, uh, she said it sounded like someone was jogging, uh, like running really fast, jogging behind her. And because it was late at night, she remembers in her head going, what the heck, why is there somebody jogging at this time of night? And next thing she knows she is tackled full force uh and um then is then tumbles down uh, uh literally a like a 20 something foot ravine um ki- ki- kind of near a highway so she rolls down and this attacker um uh beat her raped her uh almost killed her belt around her neck Jesus. Um, Jesus. Uh, it was a, just a ho- horrific attack. And, and one of these, these, these level of stranger attacks, you know, the survival rate of these kind of things, you know, of a stranger raping, so, you know, an attack, I mean, the survival rate is usually zero with, with, with this kind of thing. And she miraculously fought and clawed and, um, ended up climbing her way out of the ravine and uh, thankfully surviving. And then 
you know, flagged down a car half naked and uh, was brought in. Um, she, uh, that attacker was not at the time was not found and uh, for years and cut to 12 years later, she, uh, uh, they got a hit uh, as, as technology improved with, um, with DNA advancements. Uh, there, a woman was attacked uh, in the same area um, by a taxi driver and a very similar uh, kind of story, except it st- this one started in a taxi cab. And they linked it to my sister. And so they caught the guy. And um, uh, then a trial ensued. And yeah, and the real spooky part about that was this was same area 12 years later. Uh, so the real scary part is how many uh, women in between there and we don't know that you know it's very uh these were just the two cases they were able to build against this guy um and so trial ensued at that point and uh that trial went on for years and then he was uh ultimately uh convicted uh and put away basically for uh for life um he'll he'll come up for parole when i think he's in his um 70s uh and you know hope hopefully it'll be easy to to keep him in there but uh but in the in the meantime you know justice was done and 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 all of that so along the, the this long journey um uh uh, it was during the, the trial phase. Right. Uh, my sister came to me and said, uh, uh, you know, uh, Aaron, I, I really want to find a way to get my story out. Um, she had just done some press. She had just done some interviews and you can Google and, and find those. There's a, there's a few, uh, um, like interviews and articles on her okay. from from around the trial era era, uh, era uh, a few years back and um, and she said you know I, I you know do you know anybody in the documentary space do you know and I said uh, she goes because I sh- she went through a lot of PTSD she went through years of uh, almost going down very bad roads but she ended up um uh going down good roads and getting through the ptsd and really thriving um she is um now one of the few female fire captains uh in the united states uh so and she you know just lives a very healthy and successful life and happy life and so she's like, you know, I just really want to get my story out to be an inspiration uh, to, you know, anybody, any kind of victim that's, you know, anybody with PTSD and women and all of these things. And I said, of course. So I 
did a little digging. I, I tried to see if I knew anyone in the in the documentary space, and I kind of came up with with nothing. You know, I reached out to a few contacts, and I just wasn't I wasn't able to you know wasn't able to come up with anything. Mm. So um, in the uh, sort of simultaneously um, at during the trial phase. I was on the phone every night with my dad, you know, my dad was having, you know, we, we were having to all listen and go through the real horrible details of, oh, yeah. of the case, which, you know, and this was years later, right. You know, this was, uh, it. it was reliving it and it was, you know, um, having to watch her go through reliving it and yeah. and then so it was really all of us as a family having to kind of relive this and, and you know we all see trials on tv but you know until you go through one like this in real life where this doesn't take six months this took years you know and 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 in that period i literally one night talking to my dad just sort of trying to be there for him because he was just having a hard night um and, and I was talking to him. I just had this flash of what if there was a service uh, for, you know, grieving or, you know, uh, uh, you know, family members of crime victims that were offered one minute alone with uh, the perpetrator and the title, the retaliators just popped. And I just wrote that down and I, I didn't even really think about it. Uh, beyond just whenever I get an idea, I, that's what I do. I always jot it down. If I have a title, I jot it down and it was purely out of obviously just, you know, just all of that, uh, you know, crazy emotion going on at the time. And I just jotted that down. And so my brother, Jeff, uh, my writing partner, uh, you know, a few weeks later saw that and then said, you know, hey, what's this? And I said, I told him. And next thing you know, we came up with, you know, the, basically the retaliators. And and we, you know, the, the, it was this idea of what would be the a character that would be the furthest stretch from having to, to, to dance that close to the moral line. And we went, Oh, well, that would be a pastor. You know, yeah. pastor would be the the furthest of a true, uh, turn the other cheek, you know, genuine article guy, you know, and we sort of crafted the story. So when I saw it, when we saw our sister, I told her, I said, Hey, listen, you know, I wasn't able to come up with anything in the documentary space uh, Lord knows we can't do that document. I mean, I can't do that. I'm not an impartial journalist here. <laughs> okay. It would be a, it would be a, just too hard. Uh, I think for all of us and then B it's just, yeah, you know, a, a documentary should, you know, should be a, you know, hopefully a journalistic sort of take. And it's just, I can't do that. Um, uh, you know, I want to, you know, murder this guy right now. You know, I was of in course. that state, you know, we were all just so raw at the time. And I said, I know this is crazy. And if you don't like this, uh, it's all good. I said, we have a movie 
idea and we're writing and you know we're, we're trying to get the screenwriting thing going and it's not your story but there's bones in it that would be your it's it's inspired by your story and there's uh you know the the, the bones are there and the easter eggs would be there um but uh you know, how do you feel about that? And I said, if you're not okay with that, like, don't, you know, and she just lit up and went, Oh God, I don't care. She's like, I just, I just want my story out. So if yeah. you're able to write a movie and get it made and, and get, you're able to do that. And I ever have the opportunity to get my name out there. Yes. Do whatever. Absolutely. And I said, okay. Cause she knows where these two, genre you know we are total genre guys and we love horror love thriller we love the, the stuff from the 70s and 80s and mm -hmm. and we really wanted to if we were going to make this movie we wanted it to be entertaining and to be uh and to, to be able to take something very dark and ultimately create a cathartic fun experience uh, you know fun in quotations right. um that sort of third act sort of catharsis because we told her that's really we wanted this thing to go crazy evil dead in the third act and <laughs> and you know we kind of gave her the whole vision and we really didn't know and we, we were ready for her to go what this is that's, you know but she just couldn't have been any any more of a cheerleader and um that's what set us off um, and so the, the really on top of, uh, so the, the crazy serendipity that threaded through this is that when Jody, or by the way, her name is Jody gear. Um, okay, cool. And, yeah, uh, I was going to ask that so we could get that yes, out there so people could look it yes, up and, uh, and, uh, her name and her story gets out there. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And the, the really crazy serendipity here is that when Jody was um, going through her years, those, those first several severe years of PTSD, she was a probie firefighter right. and she was obsessed with rescue me, the show, the TV yeah. show. And she literally, and I didn't know this. She told me this later, right? She, and what she said was, it that show was therapy for her. She watched it over and over and over again. And Michael Lombardi being the probie on the show, that was the character she just fell in love with and was can just felt that connection to and she as she said because what was so great about rescue me was they really showed the 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 trauma the ptsd the the um the real life struggles that firefighters go through mm -hmm. and that show really didn't pull punches and because of that as Jody explains it, she felt normal. She felt normal going through what she was going through. So I didn't know that. Okay. Wow. When yeah. I sent the script to, to Michael Lombardi and when Michael Lombardi and I had met, we had worked together 
uh, professionally in music uh, a few years back and totally out of the blue, the day my brother and I, because we, we were so lucky when we finished the script, we, we, we started getting offers right away. We started getting interest and people wanting to option it uh, uh, within weeks of putting it out on, on this service called the blacklist. Okay. And it, and he calls us as we're driving to our first meeting to go, what's up, man? Like it was just a catch up call. Like it was, a, he had a music question about a song we had written. I told him we were writing scripts. I told him about this, this one retaliators. He sent it to me and Michael was on a plane three days later from New York to LA and show it comes in and is like, we, I, I I'm born to play this role and I will, uh, I will go to Helen back. I'll get this movie made. I will get this movie. Uh, made. And he got it. He got the vision. He got the, 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 the homages. He got the personal backstory. Um, and, uh, then I find out that, uh, the connection and she and Jody didn't even believe that she will a she didn't believe i knew michael lombardi mm -hmm. and then she certainly didn't believe that he was going to now be the lead in the film that was yeah. inspired by her and so it was a there was a really sweet moment where michael facetimed jody while she was at the firehouse and she's running around to all the firefighters showing michael lombardi and because in that world, as Michael very much knows, I, I mean, the, the, he, he is just incredibly respected. And that show is is considered the sort of the gold standard of firefighters. It's the only show, they, the, the, as my sister always says, that, that firefighters say is, the, is legit. Mm -hmm. um, so that whole full circle is just, in the whole story, it's just, it's truly like we still just can't believe it ourselves it's it's so unreal right just so serendipitous how it all how it all comes comes around in that circle you're explaining it's just that kind of shit just doesn't really happen right and uh i mean the, the the that small world of knowing michael before her not even realizing it, you don't even realize the story you're just uh you know as you said Correct. kind of putting something out there i mean that's just, uh, I was, when Michael was telling me this, uh, I was, we were, I was definitely like, wow, that is just, that's, that's too crazy of a story. You know, like that, that shit just, as I said, just doesn't happen, man. Yeah, no, I know. I know. And it's what it, it really sort of was a glue, I think that, that kept, uh, us so strong and, and, uh, just through this entire journey because we, I mean, the, the amount of adversity we went through uh, was un, is un, almost unexplainable because, you know, it's so hard to imagine, you know, we're weeks into shooting in the forest and COVID, you know, it's March 17th and everything's locked down yeah. and then having to shoot and navigate shooting through those early days of COVID, losing cast, getting cast getting cast back, losing them again, getting to a shoot, getting shut down, having to change directors twice. Um, it was just unbelievable adversity. And 
I, I think, you know, Michael's connection to the material and his connection to, to Jody's story, I, I think it really helped, uh, not to speak for Michael, uh, but I just, from my observation, I feel like it was at least a big piece of, you know, um, of, of what kind of just kept him, you know, the, the, just fighting through everything because, you know, it was just the, the amount of battles were sort of just endless, you know, there was not to mention the movie itself, the content in the movie where there was, there was many people that did not understand taking the hard turn that we take in the movie. And it was like, well, let's just make, a regular thriller why are we doing this or let's just make a regular horror movie and make them zombies or whatever you know let's do and it was like no 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 we need you know uh you know fighting for that third act and where the film goes uh we, we were so dedicated but the, but the other crazy part was we had no idea would anybody get it would anybody you know understand what we were going for so it's it's un- just unbelievable. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Wherever you're listening to this podcast, make sure you're subscribed and leave us a five-star review. If you want to listen to this show ad-free, head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and become a premium member. You'll get to enjoy unreleased clips from your favorite guests, discounts on merchandise in our shop, and access to our private Discord server where you can chat one-on-one with Johnny Christ himself. Awesome! So stay tuned stay thirsty, and stay filthy as fuck. Well, I think going through that, uh, all those adversities and and having that passion, um, I mean, having it be just a a true story, and as we talked about, the full circle of the community that you guys uh, had together to put it um, all in the right place. And, you know, I guess probably correct me if I'm wrong here, but just because it was based on this true event or the, the initial um, uh, storyline to the movie then uh, was was inspired by this horrific trauma that your family went through and knowing that Jody was behind it and wanted you guys to finish it and do it this way, I mean, it, it had to be that spark that uh, kept you guys going through all that, right? Yes, yeah, absolutely. You, you'd say so, right, Michael? Oh, gosh, yeah. I mean, uh, well said, Darren. It's funny, every time I hear this story, I sort of like, I don't know, the hair on my arms just sort of sticks up. It's always so, every time it has a crazy effect on me that this really happened to somebody. And um, yeah, it's super inspiring to me. And, you know, it was a healing process writing the script for Darren and his brother. So it was the, the family has been, um, you know, coming to different events that we've had and you know, we've played at film festivals, so it's really been nice to meet them all. Um, it's such a wonderful family, and to uh, to see them celebrate Darren's success with you know, having achieved writing a great script, and now it you know being on the screen. So that's a nice win story as well. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, 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 it's also crazy how you guys met through music. Um, there's a lot of other uh, uh, actors in this movie that are in the music world, obviously, with uh, all the, the hard rock acts that we that we covered before, Michael, and and how that how music really came into it. I mean, uh, Darren and uh, you and your brother also in music before this. Was this your guys' uh, first screenplay, or or how many screenplays have you guys written together at this point? Yeah, yeah, we did. Uh yeah, we started, as you said, we, we started in music, and it is funny, and Michael and I have definitely chuckled about that multiple times, that that's how we met, was through right. music. We were ma- we were matched up through our, um, we had a mutual manager at the time who partnered us um, uh, to songwrite together, and, um, and uh, yeah, my brother and I played in, in bands, and, and then, yeah, we... Um, did, we did that for a long time. I grew up, um, grew, I was an actor, uh, when I was younger from probably about, uh, 12, 13 to, um, 2021. I, I studied acting very, uh, uh, intensely and did a, you know, I worked a little bit, did some commercials and little bit parts and things like that. And, um, some sm- small indie films and tiny roles and in bigger stuff, but uh, but uh, then sort of music was always a, a passion and 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 that was my life for a very long time. Through all of that, I'd always been a writer. I'd always wanted to uh, write screenplays. I it had always been sort of a, a dream, really, uh, and a dream my brother and I shared. And so we finally had just decided, okay, because I sort of dabbled in it and at different times, tr- sort of trying it. And we basically just said, you know, let's, let's just do it. And we, we were like, let's not tell anybody. Let's not make a thing about it. Let's just do it. And to, just for fun and no pressure. And so we dove into educating ourselves formally uh with screenwriting for years actually we spent a long time digging into the formal stuff uh what was extremely helpful was the fact that i had i grew up reading screenplays so i read hundreds and hundreds of them um and which which is an incredible it's, it's the advice i would give to anybody that that wants to write because you know i read Ninety uh, percent of them were boring and mediocre mm-hmm. and hard to slog, hard to slog through. So it really helps me when I write because my I'm so uh, anti being boring. You know, it's all about you know how do we make this exciting and interesting? And because I'm so used to reading them in that way, yeah. Uh, and then just a lifelong obsessed movie guy, and I to this day just you know seen many many movies many many times and uh we, i my brother and i watched them pretty obsessively so i had you know we sort of had all of the you know onset experience and all of this stuff and, and it sort of had like a lot of real world uh ingredients and it was just like well let's just dig into the form formal stuff so we spent years reading the all the books and um, you know, these days with online, I mean, we were able to do just so much, uh, you know, uh, hours and hours and hours of lectures and, 
And we just said, you know, fuck it, let's go, let's just do it. And again, yeah. we didn't tell a soul, and we um, just started writing. And you know, the first one we tried one, it kind of fizzled, and we tried another, it kind of fizzled, and then the Retaliators was really the first one that we said, okay, let's let's do it with this. And so we we that was you know it it really is technically our first script, um, and uh, then since then. We have uh, written. Um, we have written two more, and uh, with a with an additional one, uh, very close to being finished. And I, I just am in, in, I'm in love with writing. You know, it just it was like just it feels just like I've been doing it my whole life. I can't believe uh, I wasn't before because it's just such a joy. Yeah, I guess it just kind of opened the floodgates here with this one. Well, congrats on the movie. Congrats on the concept. The screen, the, the screenwriting on it is is incredible. Um, I want to get back to a part of that true story though, um, and just again the serendipity, the separate, uh, if I could say it correctly, the serendipity of it all <laughs> with uh, uh, with Jody, uh, you know, watching Michael on Rescue Me. Michael, I I wanted to ask you more over about that, like. Uh, you've already talked about how it makes you feel and, and how, how that is a humbling honor uh, uh, to, to pay homage to all that. And uh, when you hear that, I mean, even as, uh, as Darren was just saying, it, it's still to this day that show uh, rings true for all these uh, firemen out there, firemen and firewomen out there. Um, do, do you still get that when you're out, um, you know, out and about running into uh, the, these uh, these men and women coming up to you and uh, and and speaking on that show? You know, yeah, it's crazy. I, you're just uh, you know, you're just an actor who's like lucky to. I, it was a big break for me, you know, and I'm just working and, you know, cut to it's a life changing thing, you know, 100 episodes of the show and just being really passionate about it and loving it when it was happening. And then you realize that this is going into people's homes. It's, you know, uh, it's, it's really strange. The, um, the effect that a show, I guess that does well now, mind you, we weren't this huge show. We were, uh, FX's third original series. It was, um, it was the shield with Mike Chiklis, Nip Tuck, and then rescue me. We were their third original series and they've done some incredible things since. Mm -hmm. Um, but so at the time it, I wasn't used to it. I'm, I'm still really not. I was so fortunate to be on that ride and that journey. And, you know, I can go into any firehouse pretty much anywhere. It's really been. And then of course, post nine 11, you know, um, uh, Dennis had the Leary firefighter foundation way before that, when his cousin died in a fire in Worcester, Massachusetts, there was the most fatalities. There were six of them. It's called the Worcester six. And that's when he started the foundation. And he's always held the firefighters very, very close to his heart. Mm -hmm. And then of course it was huge light was shined on it with, um, with 9-11 so he does know these guys really well we had technical advisors on set all the time real fdny guys and because i think he told the truth in his writing it's always all about the truth you have to write what you know and be truthful and uh he did that and it resonated with a lot of people and a lot of fans and it's funny um darren said earlier 
how the show didn't pull punches. Like, I don't even know if the show could exist in today's world. In fact, a very much watered down version probably would have to, to live. But what's so funny is I actually have a funny story. Um, cause you'd think about, I remember at the time, like someone, I think like Dave Navarro on Stern said it was like, you know, one of his favorite shows. And you're like, what that dude watches, you know, me on TV. And then I did this event at AFI, uh, uh, which is the American Film Institute. And I remember they were celebrating at the time the movie Crash, uh, all the different shows and Spielberg like gave a speech at, at a podium. It was set up like a, a wedding banquet room and he was up there and they showed a clip from Rescue Me. And it was a clip of me with another, with one of the other guys. And I, I remember like sinking in my chair a little bit because the people in the room were all people I was huge fans of and they were watching me act, you know, this yeah. is, early on and so so that kind of thing you sort of never i guess uh, for me it's sunken into my memory forever and the show um definitely again being truthful not pulling punches i have one other really funny story because jody relating to it because these guys even though they're they're flawed men and women in the show it's a comedy but it's also a drama mm-hmm. it doesn't change the fact that they're running into burning buildings and you know and saving people while right. people are running out but i was at this one event with dennis um for the leary firefighter i think it was like season one i was a i was a young pup like this is all new to me and i remember steven tyler comes up it was like a hockey thing so it was like it was at the old boston garden michael j fox cam neely like uh, uh bobby orr it was amazing right wow. and um steven tyler was like the coach so he comes up to dennis and i and he's telling dennis and he's like and he had i think his daughter was with him and his son and his wife at the time and he's like oh listen he goes this i think we were on tuesday nights at the time he's like every tuesday night Oh, our whole family gets together and we watch Rescue Me. It's like our favorite show. And he's going on and on and he turns and walks away. And Dennis looks at me and goes, Jesus, what kind of fucked up family is that? Because <laughs> 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 the, the show was so uh, twisted. Of course he was joking, but you know, yeah. it's, uh, <laughs> it, it, it was really, uh, you know, it's it was entertaining and it yeah. did move people. And that's pretty freaking cool, you know, that music can do that to people a tv show you know maybe bad or good maybe it brings you into a bad space or makes you remember something that you don't want to or makes you laugh but it's crazy the power that it can have right absolutely man i mean i think you nailed it and uh i i'll tell i'll tell you again michael i'm now on like episode five i think when we last last talked i was only into uh two episodes i was late to the party but i do agree that show probably wouldn't make it today uh, in today's uh uh social climate but man is it good and i do like that as darren said it does not pull the punches it was it was a really well done show and i was so happy to talk to you about it and get a little bit of the backstory from uh where dennis was with it and just the timing of it all. Yeah, thanks, man. That's so cool you're watching it. Jeez. Yeah, man. Thank yeah, you. I got it. I got it. So uh, before I let you guys go here, uh, Darren, you mentioned you got a couple uh, other screenplays in the in the in the can here, ready to go. Um, do we, can you say any more about those yet, or uh, it's still too 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 young? You know, we're. It's funny you say that uh, because uh, literally right now um, we 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 put a lot of work into these uh, scripts, and um, uh, Michael uh, and 
uh, and, and I are, are, you know, Michael's helping develop them and we're, we're literally in meetings right now, um, trying to find the right fit, um, and, and, uh, the right home for these, but we're getting a really, really good reaction and, uh, we're really excited about them. So, um, yeah, I can't say anything yet. What do you think, Michael? Anything or just, or just leave? <laughs> or Dude, no? We got to come back on and talk to Johnny when we get further down the line. But we'll send him like a rough cut or something. And then we'll, I don't okay. know. Oh, I'm man, saying. I can't wait. I will be here ready for that, guys. You, whenever you're ready, you let me know. We'll have you back on the show. You guys are incredible. Last thing I want to ask you guys, you you both uh, have talked uh, to me about how you've studied the craft um, in your own respective ways. And it sounds like you're the kind of guys like me that that have a couple of movies that you've had to have watched at least a hundred times. Uh, what, and we're we're you know if it is a horror movie, it might be. You know, it is Halloween season here. Uh, next week, everyone will be celebrating. Uh, that would be great. But uh, if it's not, no, just be honest. Uh, like, what is one of your one of your movies that you could pretty much quote from front to back? I'll start with, there with you, Darren. Um, well, as far as quoting front to back, I, there's an embarrassing amount of movies I can do that with, um, uh, I, um, but I would say, you know, all time favorite. And I, and, you know, I know this isn't like a cool answer as far as it, you know, uh, it's, you know, I wouldn't win points in any, in any film classes or anything, um, uh, but it's just my favorite movie, and that is The Lost Boys. I okay. can watch it uh, over and over and over again. <laughs> it never gets old. It's just such a singular movie. There's just nothing else like it. It's got a little gore, a little bit of the horror, but it's also funny, and it's also got – it's so 80s. It's oh, just yeah. so crazy 80s vibe, and then – um, Kiefer Sutherland is so badass in that movie. I love just the look and the mullet with the with the you know just the whole thing. I love the music. Yeah, I, I'm just uh, just um and I and I, it's also I was born in Santa Cruz. I grew up uh, half in okay. Orange County and half in Orange County, half in Santa Cruz. I went back and forth my whole life. So because that movie shot in Santa Cruz, it's such a love letter to Santa Cruz. Uh, they call it Santa Carla, of course, in the movie, but, mm -hmm. uh, it's got that thing for me too. So that would probably be my, my all time. Well, that's a great choice. I mean, I, I do. My wife loves that movie as well. I, I do like the movie. I, I'll even say I love the movie. I, I don't think I've watched it quite as many times as maybe you or my wife, but she is a huge Lost Boys fan as well. When I see it come on the, you know, this time of year, it's, it's, it's played a little bit on the TV, so you know, she, 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 she switches over to it, and I know, I know what the movie is from the other room. Let's put it that way. So it's a, it's a, it's, it's, it's a great one, man, and you, you nailed every, everything that, is, that does make that movie great. Um, Michael, Hell yeah. <clears throat> excuse me, Michael. So what, it, what is it for you? Um, what, well, what's, what's, what's a it's movie funny you when you ask that, my answer is this, and, and it's in terms of feeling like how cool is this movie? Like how cool are these dudes in this movie? Like just a, <laughs> just, just movie that I like, I don't know. I just loved, I got three of them. The first one that popped into my head, I, and I watched these all the time when I was a kid and stuff, just because, like I said, I think they're the coolest movies and the coolest mm -hmm. characters. Literally, 
Lost Boys popped into my head. That's why Darren and I's tastes are so aligned. That's why I love his yeah. writing. So Lost Boys, Roadhouse, and The Outsiders. Oh, solid choices. Solid choices. Now, yeah. like that's in terms Roadhouse. of like... Dude, bro, Swayze, bro. Come on. You can't fuck um, with the Swayze, man. You can't fuck with the Swayze. You no can't way, fuck bro. with Swayze. You cannot fuck with 80s Swayze <laughs> at no, all, dude. dude. I mean, <laughs> dude, Red, I mean, and you go Red Dawn, you go fucking Point Break. House, Come on, Point Break. Point Break. Oh, oh point he was break, the fucking dude. man, dude. He was the oh, man. That's another shit. one, man, with Keanu. Oh, my God. Like, th- literally, those are the movies, though, that I could watch over and over, and I did when I was right. a kid because I thought they were so cool you know all, all those guys are amazing you gotta love the outsiders too yeah. right i mean mac dylan dude come on yeah i'm oh, not as familiar with the that. outsiders i've seen it but i'm not a, that's not one of the movies that i've seen multiple times i'll put it that way yeah yeah watch it watch it again just for matt dylan's performance he is okay. so talk about michael talking about cool because i i'm a big fan of that too. i love I, my one of my favorite thing besides all the genre i love horror i'm obsessed with horror and genre films and exploitation films and things like that but the other thing i also am very very always been just so enamored with are real movie stars you know uh, that you know the actors that just had that gravitas and had that ability to you know, I feel like we just we get so little that these days, and I love going back and finding films where you just have you know actors that just absolutely dominate the screen with their presence. Dylan has that in The Outsiders; he's he's fantastic in that. And it's so Chuck full. Everybody's in it. Ralph Macchio. Oh, everybody. Crazy. Mm. Everybody. But yeah, that's a great one. You know, one other thing that, that movies that had a profound effect on me, I used to watch them with my dad, all the spaghetti string westerns, Clint Eastwood's. Mm. Uh, those were amazing. Big, yeah. I'm a, I, the other ones I can watch uh, over and over. Uh, yes. And that's where Michael and I line up so much. Any Clint Eastwood, I, I can watch. I, I do many, many, all, all the Dirty Harrys, all the Spaghetti Westerns, and then uh, Charles Bronson, too. I love, love uh, 70s and 80s Bronson. Uh, yes. I love all that, man. You guys have some great taste. I will, I will attest to that. Um, also, naming some of those movies again, uh, Point Break and stuff, another one of my wife's favorites. It's another reason why we get along. She <laughs> she does not like chick flicks. She's like totally into like all these awesome 80s movies, so it's always great to see. Your wife it. rules. Dude, your wife rules, man. <laughs> yeah, that she, is fucking she's awesome. A keeper. She's a keeper. Well, <laughs> well guys, again, uh, I want to thank you for your time and uh, sharing that story of your sister, Jody Gear. Everyone can go check out some more of that true story and anyone who needs help uh, with that inspiring story and how it has come full full circle and that sh- and, it, and it does have uh, somewhat of a silver lining or, or a happy ending now that she is you know doing so well and I'm so I'm so happy for her in that. Thank you, man. Thank you, Johnny. Yeah, I, pr- I appreciate that so much. It, it's uh, it, it ju- this just feels like a very triumphant and full circle moment to. Really, be getting getting the opportunity to be on on a show uh, as 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 big as yours and as as great as yours um, to be able to say her name and get her name out there, which was the original 
uh, the original vision at the beginning of the journey. And so it just, this is a, it's a real great moment. So thank you, buddy. That, that, that really means a lot to, to us. Oh man. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate your time. Everyone go check out the movie retaliators today. It is on demand anywhere you rent your movies, uh, digitally rent and buy, go check it out. It's a great one. I do love the, the third act. We won't, we won't ruin it for you right here on the show because it, 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 it is a fun little twist that comes in there. And, uh, I really appreciate your guys' time again, and uh, we'll stay in touch, and uh, I'll talk to you guys soon. Thank you, Johnny. Be good. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Johnny. Uh, Be well. Thanks again. Yeah. Bye. Well, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Drinks with Johnny, the follow-up episode, the follow-up Friday. Hope you guys have an incredible weekend. On Monday, we will be uh, dropping an episode where I had the pleasure of sitting down and having a chat with Mark Tremonti of the band Alter Bridge, whose album just came out last week. And, of course, we talk a little bit about his, uh, Creed. He was in Creed, and, you know, they might, if, it, if the timing comes back, they might uh, be, be reuniting. We get into that. And, of course, more Alter Bridge. His, him singing Sinatra. It's an incredible album. You might want to go check that out. Mark Tremonti sings Sinatra. It is uh, on all Apple, Spotify, all those things, and it's really incredible. So that chat will be coming to you guys on Monday as well. Again, go over to drinkswithjohnny.com, and you can get the digital stencils for your pumpkin carving. Now, I've, I mentioned this a couple times in the episodes uh, late, uh, earlier this month. Uh, we're coming up at the end here, guys, so make sure you do your carvings and send them. Uh, tag us on all social media so that we can... Uh, go ahead and judge that. The winner of the Pumpkin Carving Contest will get an opportunity to watch a movie of their choice, a horror movie, more specifically, of their choice. So if that sounds like something you're still interested in, you've got about a week, a little more than a week to uh, enter. So make sure you head over to drinkswithjohnny.com and find all the information there. And uh, that's going to do it. So until next time, as always, cheers. Hey, this is Chris Swinney, formerly of the Ataris and currently host of That One Time on Tour, part of the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Have you ever wondered what it's really like on the road? The highs can be euphoric, but the lows can be crushing. Join me every week as I chat with industry pros about what it's like living out their wildest dream and, in some cases, their worst nightmare. Past guests of the show include members of NoFX, Pennywise, Bad Religion, and more. Listen and subscribe at SoundTalentMedia.com. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little little taste of it, right down to the shaking microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not-so-grown-up things like... Hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that, that uh, has impacted your life uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers, think about jumping off the bed, singing along, 
dancing like an idiot and listen to Axe Grind podcast. <laughs>